You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. Once again, no Doug and no Nada today. It's just me on the mic this Friday before we send you into the Father's Day weekend. They claim things should slow down for them after this week. I'm skeptical, but hopefully that's the case. So again, just going solo today. And since I'm going solo, I know we're doing this top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time thing, but I didn't think that it would be a whole lot of fun without the guys in here. I I thought that revealing the 28th best Charlotte Hornet of all time would be no fun without Nada, without Doug, trying to rip me for whatever decision I decided to make. So we're just going to reveal that on Monday. Uh, You'll have to hang tight until Monday for the 28th best Hornet overall. No criticism, no immediate criticism from the guys. So again, I I thought it would be more fun to have them in here than possibly share some thoughts that you had and immediately give me some criticism, give me a hard time about whoever I pick. So again, we're going to wait until Monday when Nada and Doug are both back on the podcast to continue our top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time. Same thing with the beers. No beers today. Doug's got all of that under control. So again, he will reveal the 28th best beer in Charlotte history on Monday as well. We need to announce our Father's Day prize pack winner on the pod. We'll do that after the second break or so. So stick around and hear who won the Father's Day prize pack. It could just be your name. So again, stick around later on in the show and we will reveal who won the cool collared shirt, the hat, and who won all of that in our Father's Day prize pack again that Father's Day just coming up on Sunday. So again, we'll see who won that later on. I'll also reveal my big board today, just listing some of the guys I like who have the potential to fall all the way to number 11. We've done the name game with Nada featuring Kevin Knox, so I'll fill you in on the order of the guys I like. I'll give you a string of guys that if they're there, almost like an auto fantasy draft. If I were to set my auto draft in a fantasy basketball league, I would put these guys up in the computer and I could leave the computer and then it would just select these guys immediately. So that's kind of how we'll do things. I'll just name a couple of those guys that would realistically be there um, at number 11 overall. And last, we have a couple of updates from our Locked On friends on, on the last two coaching hires in the NBA. Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons will update us on the Dwayne Casey hire and Sean Woodley of the Locked On Raptors podcast. He'll update us on the Nick Nurse hire that just took place this week. So the Charlotte Hornets once again announcing workouts with a couple of potential lottery picks. Colin Sexton and Zaire Smith both worked out for the Hornets, which brings that tally to seven. Seven total workouts for the Charlotte Hornets during the pre-draft process. And those workouts have now included Mikhail Bridges of Villanova, Lonnie Walker of Miami, Miles Bridges of Michigan State, 
Robert Williams of Texas A&M and Colin Sexton and Zaire Smith, Colin Sexton of Alabama, Zaire Smith of Texas Tech, and not to mention the two pro days they attended. And Wendell Carter from Duke and Kevin Knox, they attended both of their pro days, Kevin Knox, of course, being from Kentucky. So Colin Sexton and Zaire Smith, they both worked out with the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. So the Hornets, again, well-traveled during the pre-draft process and exposing themselves to a lot of guys that could be there at number 11 overall. Colin Sexton somewhat of an interesting prospect to me because it is someone that fell in our Locked On mock draft. And again, you can go check out the entire Locked On mock draft on the Locked On NBA podcast. Again, David Locke doing an excellent job on that front, getting everybody's picks together, commenting and taking you through how every single one of those selections took place. I believe we've got uh, 17 and 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 on to go in the Locked On NBA podcast mock draft. So uh, check that out. Again, Locked On NBA podcast hosted by David Locke. He goes through all of our selections that we made just over the past week or so. But Colin Sexton, a guy who did slip a long way in that. And it's funny because David, again, he, he emailed us and asked, did we know that Colin Sexton was still available there? And we did. At least, the, at least we did. I can't speak for the other teams. But we did understand that Colin Sexton was still available at number 11 and David Locke. He emails us and asks, are we sure about it? And we decided to go with Lonnie Walker. And we told you about that a couple of podcasts ago that we did decide to go with Lonnie over Colin Sexton and over a couple of other guys that were available. With Lonnie, just again, watching some of the film on him, looks like he has a quick shot. The athleticism is, is crazy from him. That's the thing that you probably are most focused on with him and his ability to translate that into the NBA level. Also defensively, I think it's a guy that's going to be better than Colin Sexton, but it's not to say that I don't like him. I, I think Sexton would be a good NBA player, but I'm just taking my chances with Lonnie Walker more so. And an interesting article from Rick Bennell today about Colin Sexton in light of his workout with the Charlotte Hornets. And the title, the headline is Kemba Walker 2.0 with a question mark right there. Could it be Kemba Walker 2.0 if Colin Sexton were to be drafted by the Charlotte Hornets? I get the comparisons. I mean, the guy is 6'2". It's somebody who's very athletic. It's someone who comes in and runs the transition very well, finishes at the rim very well. It sounds a lot like Kemba Walker. And also, the shooting ability not necessarily there outside of the arc. And again, you saw that from Kemba coming into the NBA. We all know his struggle shooting from the three-point line in his first couple of seasons in the NBA. It was around the same kind of percentage that what Colin did in NCAA basketball. So possibly that is a guy that could, with some time, with the work ethic, of course, just working on his shot, could develop into a Kimba. I, I think their body types are a little different. You know, Kimba Walker, I would think, is a little bit smaller, more quick than Kimba is one of the more quick guys in the entire league. So Colin, certainly quick, but a guy that I would think has more end-to-end -end speed and just kind of uh, stronger, you know, crazy ripped, as Rick Bennell also pointed out as he was at the workout. So again, Colin Sexton, just more ripped than Kimba. So different body types, but again, similar playing styles. I mean, that you can equate a lot of what they did in college uh, to each other when you know Kimba was in UConn 2010 and in that era to what Colin Sexton did just last year. I don't love the fit of Kimba and Colin, nor do I love the fit of Malik Monk and Colin. What that court you, you see in the near future for the Charlotte Hornets. I am one that does put a little bit of merit in height. Now, that's where Zaire Smith comes in. You've heard us discuss the Zaire Smith debate. Nada and I kind of leaning more towards away from him. You know, again, I, I guess I'm Mr. Hedge. I mean, I'm just kind of, you know, you have to wait and see with this process. 
But Zaire Smith, a guy that is crazy athletic, I believe in his defensive ability enough. I wouldn't hate it if he and Malik Monk were paired together. But I do think the height is something that you have to consider. If you're going to draft somebody in the backcourt, I'm not drafting him to be a backup point guard. He's going to get immediate minutes in that backup point guard role for a Colin Sexton if he does come to Charlotte. But you're not drafting him to be a backup point guard. You want that ceiling to be impressive. You want the ceiling to make sure you want the ceiling to at least entail some sort of hope for an all-star selection. And that's what you're doing if you draft in the lottery. And I've mentioned it a million times. When you look at these small market NBA teams, it's what you have to do. You have to hit on your draft picks, not just the top five, because everyone has to hit on those. Everybody understands if you don't hit on those, then you don't become a good basketball team. But you have to be one of these small market teams that eventually hits on a top 10, or excuse me, a, a 10, a 15, or a later first round pick. It doesn't have to be in the top 20, or excuse me, 20 or later on, but it has to be within the teens. And the Charlotte Hornets find themselves really drafting in that same spot again. And you have to hit on that with a high ceiling potential. I don't know if I don't know if that's the right angle to take with Colin Sexton and or Zaire Smith because you want him to be a backup point guard. Now I don't think I think these guys both have ceilings, but I just hope that's not what Mitch Kupchak and company in the Charlotte Hornets feel, and they feel well. You know what? That's okay. That helps us right now. We'll try to take our chances with these guys and then put them in to try to contribute right now. Of course, rather than just really focusing on what their ceiling could be in the distant future. But both of those guys working out for the Charlotte Hornets. So again, just a plethora of potential lottery picks working out for Charlotte so far at the Spectrum Center. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in this description of the episode. Get double entries into our contests and access to content before anybody else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every single dollar goes into making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. On the other side of the break, we'll reveal who won the Father's Day giveaway. Also, kind of go back at David Locke, who called us out on the Locked On NBA podcast about not accepting some of those trade offers we discussed earlier in the week. Also, we'll reveal the big board. This is the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay. (laughs) You did. I think you said Miles Leonard. That was on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, there. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Jess Walker mail today. No Nada Edwards, no Doug Branson, as they've got some other things to do. They're busy on this Friday before they head into the weekend, the Father's Day weekend. And with this Father's Day weekend coming up, again, we told you in our last podcast that we would have a giveaway with the Hornets gear that the uh, Charlotte Hornets decided to help us out and give to you, the listeners, on this Father's Day weekend. We had a collared shirt that was pretty sweet. The hat, the Charlotte Hornets hat we got as well. All pretty cool stuff. So again, we we gave that away. We we got a winner. 
And the winner is Dwayne. So congratulations, Dwayne. Remember, with Patreon, you get double entries into all our show giveaways, including free tickets to Hornets games. For as little as $1, you can support what we're doing here. Every penny goes to making this show better. Visit patreon.com slash LOH to sign up. Also hit up hornetsfanshop.com for a last-minute gift for Dad this weekend. Last few days to get 25% off of all Jordan brand gear. And also, once again, congratulations to Dwayne for doing that exact same thing and winning. So again, you can do that as well next time we have some kind of giveaway. So we'll move on. We got some clapback from the David Locke. We're getting some clapback from the higher up, who again hosts the Locked On NBA podcast, and you can check that out. Who is doing a mock draft right now? Again, we all did our mock draft selections. Now David Locke taking you through all of the picks made by all the different Locked On hosts throughout the corporation. So David Locke clapping back at us as he reveals our pick. We picked Lonnie Walker. I mentioned to you that we did turn down a couple of those trade offers from David Locke, who also hosts the Locked On Jazz podcast. He is, of course, the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. So he runs that, and he offered us a couple of trade. Um, he offered us a couple of trades, and we turned them both down. The first one was easy by all of us, all Nada, Doug, and I, as the new make-believe front office execs. We said no to the potential trade of Alec Burks and the 21st overall pick in exchange for Marvin Williams and the 11th overall pick. Again, just feel going 10 spots back, uh, 10 spots back is too much. Also, the money that we're taking on with Alec Burks, it doesn't, it's not exactly like we're saving a ton there. So, again, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. So, he wanted to counter, and he countered with a couple of non guaranteed contracts that would give us a lot of money right away. And as Doug probably put it correctly, was that it would take us out of salary cap hell into salary cap trouble. And what he did was he offered us Jonas Derebko, Epe Udo, and Tavo Cephalosha. And that would free up some money right away in exchange, and the 21st overall pick in exchange for Marvin Williams and the 11th overall pick. We still thought about it, but again, you're moving back 10 spots. It's a lot. The margin of error, I, I keep stressing, it just goes so small as you move back. So we decided to turn both of those deals down. Now Locke, in his Locked On NBA podcast, when referencing our turning down of the trades and our eventual selection, he had this to say. Turning down those trade offers might have them drinking a lot of beers after all that. I don't know. Maybe they got the right guy in Lonnie Walker. Turns out that some of the trade deals that we talked about actually didn't work in the cap as well as one wouldn't have given them quite the amount of relief. They talk with Dallas. Dallas finally gets, sounds like Dallas is going to get back in another spot. So things really moving here in this mock draft. David Locke taking shots at our sobriety, turning those trade selections down. All right, David, I like it. Now, we are doing the top 30 Charlotte beers of all time. I'm sure referencing that. Carolina Sparkle Party and the Baby Maker coming in at 29 and 30. Maybe we did drink a little bit of that too much. I don't know. This was the weekend when we were discussing this between Doug and I. And maybe I had a little bit of alcohol in my system. It wasn't the Baby Maker and it was not the Carolina Sparkle Party. But I feel like we made the right move. David Locke talking about our sobriety. Now those trade offers might have them drinking a lot of beers after all. <laughs> I like the clap back, but again, we decided to go with Lonnie. Again, moving back 10 spots is just too much for us. But David Locke showing us some clap back 
Um, go check it out. I mean, again, Locked On NBA podcast, doing that mock draft. They're moving along here. I think they got uh, the picks from 17 on as to what they're doing. So uh, not quite all the way through the first round. We did do the second round, just did the first. But still a lot of fun to be involved with all those guys and making all of those selections. And, uh, again, you can go check out all of the Locked On hosts and their selections on that Locked On NBA podcast hosted by David Locke. I'll take a quick look at the big board that I have. And it's nothing too official. Just the names that I would probably draft in order if we were to put them in a food chain, if you will. So if we were to put these guys on a specific list of the number one guys that I'm highest on and how you draft them if, if they're available. If Mikhail Bridges is available, you guys know this well, I'm drafting him. I believe that there is a ceiling there that a lot of people do not. I understand a lot of people are high in what he can do right now, including myself. I think there is a ceiling with Mikhail Bridges. I take him if he's available at number 11. Number two, it's a guy that Doug kind of had to get me off of in order to get Lonnie Walker. I wasn't so sold that I was going to turn down Doug's suggestion of Lonnie, as you would a, were able to see when we drafted him number 11. But it was somebody that I really watched film on and I really like, and that's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We were talking to ESPN's Paul Biancardi on the wake-up call for 7.30 the game ESPN Charlotte the other day, and Paul really likes Shea Gilgis-Alexander's game as well. Thinks he is a versatile defender. He really referenced how smart he was as a basketball player. That he's not the craziest athlete, and we all get that, but more of a playmaker that he doesn't have to be. That he is a guy that has a good basketball IQ and really came on strong at the end of that season with Kentucky. I like SGA, man. If he's there and they take him, I would not be opposed to that as all, at all. So that's one and two. I'll go through the top five, I guess. Lonnie Walker, after looking at the film, after Doug kind of being in my ear, the scout if you will, right into my ear. I, I completely agree with Lonnie that I, I, I do like his game. I do think it is a guy that can contribute at the NBA level. Number four is where we get a little interesting. This is where I put Michael Porter Jr. on the field. Look, if, if Michael Porter Jr. is available and so is Lonnie Walker, that would be the hardest decision I had to make. I'll take SGA over Michael Porter Jr. I'll take Mikael Bridges over Michael Porter Jr. The injuries scare me. The back problems are well-documented. He also had to cancel his pro day the first go-around because of hip spasms and had to get cleared by doctors once again to do redo another pro day for everybody to come and watch him play. Look, I think you can take a chance on him at 11. I wouldn't hate it, but I'm going to draft those three guys ahead of him because I think those guys have enough of an upside to I'm going to put their weight a little bit. I'm going to consider their weight more on the scale than I am Michael Porter Jr.'s. I just think it outweighs it. I mean, and Michael Porter Jr. is someone who absolutely has a ton of talent, top five talent, and it's well-documented. But it's risky <laughs> to take him at number 11 overall. I mean, imagine how much this sets the Charlotte Hornets back, who it's imperative that Dwayne Bacon and Malik Monk develop because of the salary cap situation they're in, let alone completely miss on a guy like Michael Porter Jr. because the guy just can't stay on the floor. It's going to be tough. If that's the guy that is there at number 11, along with some of the other ones I just mentioned, it'll be tough. And, and last, I, I think I'm going to take Zaire Smith over Colin Sexton. I mean, it was a battle between those guys at five and six. Miles Bridges, Robert Williams, not really in the running for me. I'm taking other guys besides them. Unless, of course, it's just a, 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 a gut job of all the guys that I like. But again, it, it's not going to be the case. At number 11, somebody will be there that I'd rather have 
than Miles Bridges and Robert Williams. So Zaire Smith comes in at five. I go with Zaire Smith because of the athleticism. I think he plays bigger than what Colin Sexton does. I think there is a smoother shooting stroke. I think it can work out a little bit better with him in that backcourt with Malik Monk and or Kimba Walker. I just like Zaire Smith, a guy that can come in. Didn't measure high in the combine as far as his height, I should say. His his height was not as tall as I think I would have liked it to be and other potential suitors would have liked it to be. But still enough for me, a guy that can contribute with a smaller Malik Monk in that backcourt. So again, thanks to David Locke for calling us out for drinking all the Charlotte beers, but also, again, for referencing us on the Locked On NBA podcast. Again, doing that mock draft, you can check that one out also. We had the big board that we just revealed up next. We'll take a look at what Matt Shook had to say of the Locked On Pistons podcast about the Dwayne Casey hiring, as well as Sean Woodley of the Locked On Raptors podcast. He'll tell us about the Nick Nurse hiring. Stick around on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Walker Mail. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you yeah. listening right, to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail. No Doug Branson. No Nada Edwards today. They'll be back on Monday where we will reveal the 28th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. We've gotten through the 30th and the 29th. We had Jason Richardson logged in as the 30th best Hornet of all time slash Bobcat. He played his entire one season with the Charlotte Bobcats. And also coming in at 29 is Marvin Williams for me. Met with some reservations by both Nada and Doug. Doug saying significantly or a decent amount higher. And Nada just saying a little low on Marvin Williams. So again, we'll reference and we'll mention the 28th best Charlotte Hornet of all time on Monday's podcast. But right now, we'll take a look at what Matt Shook had to say about Dwayne Casey's hiring up there in Detroit. Here's Matt Shook right now of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Well, they finally did it. This is Matt Shook from Locked On Pistons, where Detroit now has a new head basketball coach hiring Dwayne Casey on Monday and signing him to a five-year deal. The former Toronto Raptors leader, a finalist for this season's NBA Coach of the Year, will make just over $35 million over the course of the deal. The Pistons were also looking at Ime Udoka, the Spurs assistant, and Michigan coach John Beeline until the latter pulled out of consideration late last week. The Pistons were criticized for taking nearly a month after the season to fire former coach and president of basketball operations Stan Van Gundy. Similarly, this hire was made 34 days after Stan Van Gundy's departure and just 10 days before next week's NBA draft. Also complicating matters is that the Pistons don't have a general manager or most of the front office in place yet, with veteran Ed Stefanski running the show as a powerful advisor to owner Tom Gores. Stefanski was working with former Toronto executive Brian Colangelo when Casey was hired by the Raptors in 2011. Casey had a nice run in the North, taking the team to five straight playoff appearances and winning 59 games and the East top seed this past season. 
However, three straight playoff exits against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers ended Casey's run in the six, a move to shake things up without tinkering with the core of a talented guard-led roster. In Detroit, he'll have the challenge of a unique roster led by high-priced frontcourt players in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Casey could also be without his right-hand man, as Toronto offensive assistant Nick Nurse, credited with revamping the attack this past season, is the main candidate to replace him in the big seat in Toronto, according to Lockdown Raptors host Sean Woodley on our Monday show. In Detroit, there's limited roster flexibility and the baggage of a decade of futility since the end of the going-to-work glory days. It's a tough crowd around Detroit these days, as most of the team's former fan base sees a rebuild as the best path forward. Gores seems uninterested in that again, with $35 million to a veteran coach becoming the latest evidence that the owner is full speed ahead. Casey was the best option out there, especially considering a wild search that included Kenny Smith and Jason Kidd, rumored candidates who were received in Detroit about as good as a foreign car. As a singular move, it's a good one hiring Casey, although the Pistons had to pay a tax of sorts in the form of an extra year in the deal to get their guy because of the malaise around the franchise. Similarly, it was the only way to get Stan Van Gundy four years ago, giving him the front office control back when that was a common move around the league. How you feel about the Blake Griffin trade in January probably colors how you feel about this move, but from where I sit, this team is in better position for success than they were in January. The Pistons will now be burdened with not only living to the promise of getting back to the playoffs, but proving to critics that they can advance past the perceived ceiling of also-rans, a challenge Casey couldn't push through before. But, for better or worse, he'll have a few years to get it done in Detroit. This is Matt Shook from Locked on Pistons. Big thanks to Matt Shook and his breakdown of the Dwayne Casey hire up there in Detroit. He'll, well, he will be the new head coach of the Detroit Pistons after Stan Van Gundy was let go by that organization. And Dwayne Casey's old organization, the Toronto Raptors, they were the last team that needed a head coach that finally made that hire just really a day after Dwayne Casey was hired with the Detroit Pistons. So with the Nick Nurse breakdown, here's Sean Woodley of the Locked On Raptors podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors, and the Raptors have hired a head coach after a month of waiting, a long, exhaustive search in which they interviewed a whole wide range of candidates, ranging from Sarunas Yasakevichis to Tori Messina. They have landed with a guy who was in front of their faces all along, assistant coach, five-year assistant coach under Dwayne Casey. Nick Nurse has been named head coach of the Toronto Raptors. It's an interesting move. It is, you know, I think a lot of people, Raptors fans' initial reaction was that it was kind of not the right move. I think a lot of people kind of were hoping for a new outside voice to come in, considering you fired Dwayne Casey, who's an excellent head coach, who did a lot of great for this team. And if you're going to fire him, then maybe it's only a half measure to hire the assistant coach. I kind of disagree. I think Nick Nurse has a lot of potential. He's coached for 30-plus years. Uh, he coached in England. He's a two-time D-League Coach of the Year and also was the architect of the Raptors' brand-new offense this season. Uh, you know, it got a lot of headlines. It got a lot of press on how the Raptors kind of changed the way they play offense, and it was a top-five offense in the regular season, and it was the second-best offense by offensive rating in the postseason. For the first time in five years, offense is not what let the Raptors down in the playoffs. It was defense, and that is probably more under the 
the purview of Dwayne Casey and other assistant coach Rex Kalamian. Nick Nurse was the offensive coordinator. So he is going to be tasked with sort of redefining how this Raptors team plays defense. And maybe it is just a limitation uh, sort of implied by the, the players on the roster. But Nick Nurse is going to be tasked with sort of trying to find a new way for this team to play defense while also upholding the offense that it really maintained this season and showed that it can work in the playoffs despite maybe having some sort of limitations built in with guys like DeMar DeRozan running so much of the offense. A good thing about this move is that Nick Nurse already has a lot of institutional knowledge with the Raptors. He's been here five years, of course. Uh, He reportedly, from all accounts, has a great relationship with Kyle Lowry, which was always going to be a pressure point for any new coach coming in. It was always going to be necessary for that coach to be able to establish a relationship with Kyle Lowry, who notoriously has not been the easiest guy to coach in the world. Uh, And he even famously said when Dwayne Casey was let go that they never really saw eye to eye, Uh, but they still made it work and they forged a good relationship there. And it's good, at least in my mind, that Nick Nurse is coming in with uh, an established relationship with Kyle Lowry. Whereas if you come in with a new guy, maybe that relationship never really blossoms. And that's just a big risk with your best player who's still here for two more years on 30 plus million dollars a year. Um, The other thing too with the Raptors is that they're in a pretty good spot considering all things. They're 59 win team coming off of 59 wins with the one seed. Uh, They've made the playoffs five years in a row. Maybe they didn't need a big giant change to sort of shake up the entire room. Maybe a subtle move like this with Nick Nurse, uh, he he can sort of bring in his own ideas that maybe got suppressed under a guy like Dwayne Casey. Not to say that Dwayne Casey suppressed ideas, but you know any person who is under a boss and eventually gets promoted, in theory, would like to do things differently than the previous boss. And, and there are things that they wish they could improve on and that they want to improve on when they get the opportunity. And I would assume we're going to see that from Nick Nurse. Uh, all reports are that he's a more experimental guy and sort of an outside-the-box thinker who I think will probably get the most out of sort of a strange roster the Raptors have um, and hopefully maybe sort of use the regular season as a bit more of a testing ground for the playoffs as opposed to Dwayne Casey who really sort of went out for a lot of wins in the regular season and that's not a bad thing by any means but at the Raptors point in their win curve I think it's more about trying to use the regular season as an establishing ground for what you're going to do come playoff time Uh, and maybe Nick Nurse and his sort of experimental nature can kind of work on that and get the Raptors a little bit more prepared for what post season basketball brings either way i'll have a lot more about this on the the next episode of lockdown raptors it should be out by now if you're hearing this uh so tune into lockdown raptors it's about 30 minutes talking about the brand new raptors head coach nick nurse uh we go in depth on the good stuff the concerns the bad stuff uh and sort of the optics of it tune in to lockdown raptors to hear that and thank you for listening thank you sean for the breakdown of the nick nurse hire in Toronto. Well, thank you for listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back on Monday with Doug Branson and Nada Edwards back on the pod. We'll reveal the 28th best Charlotte Hornet of all time and the 28th best Charlotte beer of all time. Thanks again for listening. I'm Walker Mail. We'll talk to you Monday.